guys realize what song that was? Woo! If y'all know me, y'all know I love what? Come on, somebody, man. So they went out and found a serial intro song for your boy, man, right here, man. Elevate. Elevate. I'm excited to be here, man. How many people came to the lock-in last week? Right? Give it up, right? Did you guys enjoy yourselves? Did any of you guys forget to take a shower over the weekend and then we're walking around and didn't even know and you had, like, marker, like, right up here, like, over here? Did you guys realize that? Some of you guys, Joe B is like, yeah, he's a corporate, man. If you guys want to know who did it, Joe B did it. You attack him after service, I will help you, okay? But, no, we had a very good time, man. Praise the Lord, man. And, um, and that's what we do. This is summertime. We want to enjoy ourselves. We want to build up relationships. And here at Elevate Metro Praise International, we're not afraid to have fun. We're not, we're not afraid to smile, to laugh. And therefore, that's why next month is going down at this camping trip. How many people actually come into the camping trip? You guys can say, like, what? You can, you can decide. It's okay. Right? Anybody over here going to the camping trip? How many people are scared to go on the camping trip? Can we raise that hand? One, you came last year. You're right. Jazzy's scared to go to the thing. Anybody else over here scared? Kayla's scared. Oh, my goodness, man. Listen, it's going to be an awesome time. There's no need to fear, right? No need to fear because Jesus is here, right? He got us, man. Amen. But uh, that is going down next month. As you guys see that up here, I'm really excited about this event. We're going to be out there for three days and two nights. And this is going to be an opportunity, man. The cell phones don't work out there. It's just straight us, each other, and Jesus Christ and all the stars. Like, it's going to be a beautiful time. It's going to be an awesome time. It's going to be a radical time. You don't want to miss this time, all right? You do not want to miss this time. These are memories that you will never forget, even when you become adults and you become, you know, whoever, you, any of you guys want to become pastors, you're going to always remember these camping trips. You're going to remember, man, we got chased by a bear or some crazy stuff. There's no bears over there. But there is raccoons, though. But these are certain things you're going to remember. One thing I remember from last year, right, and it's not like a spiritual thing, even though I remember that. But one thing I remember, just to get off before we go off into the next, the juicy stuff, right, I remember that we had this raccoon that came to our little campsite, and it ate all our brownies. I remember this because we woke up, and we had a white table where the brownies were supposed to be at, and all we had left was the raccoon's footprints, and the brownies were gone. Like, these dudes just took all the brownies. That is something that I remember from last year. All right? And it was an awesome time. It was fun. It was exciting. And I expect you guys to come out there, man, and do the thing and represent Elevate. All right? Elevate. Come on, somebody. Right now, we're going on, and we're going to continue to our, um, through our sermon series, which is called The War Within Us. I don't, I don't know about you guys, but for me, this thing has really impacted my life. Just because I'm up here preaching the word doesn't mean that the word has nothing to do with me. Like, I got it all together. That is not the case, all right? I am perfect in Christ Jesus as my identity, but I still have to deal with this flesh that just tries to go off and go renegade on me. You guys understand what I'm saying? How many people know what I'm talking about when your own flesh tries to go renegade? And you're like, my goodness, I want to be a Christian, but my body just wants to be a Satanist. And you're like, wait a minute. And then you got to beat your body up like we talked about one time in this series, right? And so when I preach the word, I'm actually preaching to myself as well. And the experiences that, we, that, are, that I use as examples are actual experiences that I have went through and or going through. So pay attention to those kind of things, all right? But today we're going to talk about the war within us. As you guys see the title up here, and it's called Anger. Somebody say anger, all right? Somebody say ooh, all right? How many people have anger issues? You can raise your hand. If you don't, I, I know you guys already. I will point you out, right? Most of you guys already got it. Joshua don't have it because he's too busy laughing all the time. But it's my boy right here. I give it up for Joshua, man. He's been faithful coming through. Praise the Lord. Anger is a huge, huge uh, hindrance, if you will, if you don't have it under control in our lives, right? How many of you guys know that? One second, you could be like just Joshua. You could be like Joshua, just like, dude, I'm going with the flow. Like, like uh, during the lock-ins, like, dude, I'm just going to light up this marshmallow. I'm going to eat this bad boy, and this is what we're going to do, and I'm going to smile and do it. But in a minute, you can go from roasting a marshmallow to trying to hit somebody with that marshmallow because you're angry. I mean, you know what I'm talking about, right? 
and you get mad. Like you can go from sleeping on the lock-in and somebody trying to ride in your face and now you're angry and want to kill that person, right? Because now they put like an extra eyebrow somewhere up here on you and you're like, dude, what is this, right? And so it's real easy to fall off into anger. And anger is a real thing. It's not something that we just play make-believe with. Anger is something that we have to deal with and something that was even we were created with within this body. The only problem was that since fallen man, anger has been a thing that caused a lot of wars. Anger has been a thing that separated mother from child, father from child, separated children from their parents, children from their siblings, children, you know, from, from their aunts and uncles, people against other people because of anger. Marriages have been destroyed because of anger. Relationships have been destroyed because of anger. People with the relationship with God have been destroyed because of anger, because of our anger. And today we want to tackle this war that rises up within us called anger. If we could all pray, or bow our heads and close our eyes to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we pray right now, God. That you would have your way in our lives, God. Lord, we open up our hearts to you right now, God. We open up our minds to you right now, God. That, Lord, you would teach us about this thing called anger, God. That you would deliver us from this thing called anger that for many of us has the grip over our lives, God. That, Lord, today we will be set free from man's anger, God. I pray, Lord, that you would use me to speak your word accordingly, God. And that, Lord, you would have your way. Let it go forward, Lord God, with all clarity, Lord God, all transparency, God. And allow us to receive exactly what you would have us to receive, God. That we will represent you and who you are in our lives and through our lives. In Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen. Praise God. Man, let's give it up for Jesus Christ. Last week, we didn't do our sermon series because we had an awesome lock-in that we all had a good time with. Excuse me. And then now we're going to go right back into it. But I wanted to give you a quick recap because when we stopped the week after last, it was a certain section that we stopped on. And now in this section in the scripture that I'm going to start with today, James actually turns gears and or shifts to this side of the column now that deals with us. And so the first half of James, in, in which we have read and preached on thus far, has dealt with the man or woman in the mirror. It has dealt with our own lives, our own minds. And getting us to see a certain perspective that comes from heaven through his word so that we can understand why do we go through certain things in life. Why do we go through certain trials and tribulations and things like that. The first one, the first message that we preached on was one that was called double-minded. you guys remember that? It was one moment I'm a Christian and next moment I just want to do me. One moment I believe in God's promises, but because I'm going through trials and they're tough and they're, they're, they're hurting this flesh, I, I don't know if I just trust God anymore. I'm just going to go on ahead and trust myself or trust my friends or trust my teacher who doesn't even care about Jesus. And so we become double-minded. And instead, according to that sermon in the word of God, we must be single-minded and through trials in life by keeping God and his word the go-to to all or in all and every situation, knowing that God has a purpose in it and through it all. It is for our gain. And then after that, we talked about a sermon called Humility versus Humiliation. And in that sermon, it showed us that we must humble ourselves unto the Lord in reliance and dependency upon God, which spares us of the humiliation that comes when we attempt to do things our own way from relying upon ourselves. How many know what I'm talking about? God is telling you to do this way, and then you think that you're wiser than God. You try to do it this way, and in the end, you end up humiliated because you end up worse off than you were when, you, when, when God was telling you to do a certain thing his way. How many know what I'm talking about? So then you end up deeper in a hole rather than out of the hole as God would have it to be. And so we, God wants to spare us from humiliation by humbling ourselves or calling us to humble ourselves so we can honor him instead of relying upon ourselves. Next, we spoke about discipline, and it was discipline in our minds, discipline in self-control, and discipline in our aims in life through the trying times that keeps us, from, keeps us focused on the things of God rather than the storms we may find ourselves in. 
And so even though we may be in an actual storm, and what a storm is, is that things are coming against us. Friends all of a sudden don't want to be our friends no more because we're Christians. There's things happening to us. They're gossiping about us now. Now we find ourselves in, in, in temptations and, and all type of things that are coming against us. And we're in the middle of a storm. But God was saying, do not focus on that storm. Rather, keep your eyes on me and my word, and I will get you through that storm. And so God was letting us know that we have to be disciplined in our mind, disciplined in self-control. Don't get out of control and start doing things our own way. And then to aim our mind and our heart on God Almighty, not on things on the earth. And when we do that, nothing on earth, on earth, earth, nothing on earth can mess with our mind or our heart because it's not aimed on here on earth. It's aimed in heaven. Do you guys see the difference? See, earth cannot affect heaven. But heaven can affect earth when we have our mind and our hearts set on heaven things. Amen? We can bring heaven down to earth. And so we learn where temptation, or after that we talked about um, a temptation where Lawrence came up and he preached a word. And he talked about the, uh, the detriments of temptation and the purposes of it, how it drags us away from God. And it ultimately brings death to our lives through sin. And last week, uh, lastly, the week before last, we spoke about the contrast between the, what the flesh brings about, sin and death, while the goodness of God gives us good gifts and life, allowing us not to be deceived in knowing what the flesh brings about and what God brings about in our lives. We learned that we have to take ownership for the responsibilities or the lack of the irresponsibilities that we take in choosing sin. Knowing that sin does not come from God, God does not tempt us to sin, he never will, because God is a good God and therefore cannot commit acts of treason against himself or acts that that equate to evil. He is a good God, pure good, pure holy, loving. And so therefore, everything that is bad, sin and death and things like that, come from within us. And so anything that is good, even the good that is inside of us, comes from God. And so that's why the argument with the atheists, they may say, I don't believe in God and all that. But then when you look at their life, just just because they don't believe in God, doesn't mean that you cannot see the thumbprint of God upon their lives, just like we see it on our lives. Who gave you the gift to be, you know, uh, what you are today? Who gave you the gift to be able to do math the way you do as a teacher? A lot of teachers end up becoming atheists. Who gave you the gift to do these things? You were created fearfully and wonderfully made. God's thumbprint is on all of us. And therefore, through every life, you can see God at work or God's created work inside of us. Amen? And so we have, we cannot be deceived in trying to blame God for all the bad in our life, all the things that are going on because of our actions, our sin. We must take ownership for our sin that equates to bad things happening to us. We reap what we sow. Amen? And so now we move on to tonight. And tonight we move to the next part of James's message that now deals with the war within us in dealing with interpersonal relationships. Interpersonal relationships, meaning now it's about not just us in our minds and how God wants to deal with us. Now God wants to deal with us as we deal with others. Our communication with other people, our relationships with other people, whether it be our parents, whether it be our classmates, whether it be our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, God wants to deal with that, with that war that comes up within us in dealing with other people. And so God's desire is for us to apply the knowledge we have gained in the Lord to our everyday life and our interactions with others. And then as we're going to see in these verses, the first thing that James speaks about And this interpersonal relationship that we have with other people is anger. He could have chose anything else. He could have chose just anything else. He could have chose any kind of sin. He could have chose sexual immorality and be like, hey, look, now you're dealing with other people. Be holy to other people. Don't start having sex with these people. You know what I mean? He could have chose any of these things, right? But he chose anger. And a lot of us may think, like, "Why, why choose anger? He could have chose murder, right? He could have chose hate. You know, and dealing with other people, don't hate other people. No, the first thing he went to was anger. And the reason why, and which we're going to find the reason why, is because anger leads to ultimate destruction. See, anger, you know how you got marijuana as a gateway drug that leads to other, other kind of drugs? How many know what I'm talking about, young people? Right? Probably you guys don't know what I'm talking about. I'm going to tell you real fast. 
marijuana is a gateway drug, and meaning that when you smoke marijuana, eventually you're going to stop getting high off marijuana, that you're going to want a different kind of high, a different kind of excitement. And so marijuana to many people become a gateway drug in that it's just a door for other drugs. You guys understand now what a gateway drug is? Marijuana is a gateway drug. Anger is a gateway to all type of craziness, all ty- even murder, even killing, even killings of your own siblings. Anger, when you go back down, right, and you see, man, why did this guy kill his parents? When you go down to the nitty-gritty, he became angry, and that anger led to other things. It led to him killing his parents or some off-the-wall craziness. It's like, man, why would you do that? Dude, I wasn't even thinking I was angry. There's a lot of people locked up in the Department of Corrections right now in the Cook County Jail, including a juvenile detention center, right, because they did not think that the actions in which they were about to take, whether shoot somebody, kill somebody, because anger took over and it blinded them. It literally decapitates you. It, like, blinds you when it has, when it has its full roots inside of us. And so this is what James says in regards to anger. Verse 19 says this. If we can put the scripture up there on the karaoke screen. My dear brothers and sisters. Right? Any brothers and sisters in here? Right? Who is he talking to now? Us. Somebody say us. My dear brothers and sisters. Right? He didn't try to assume nobody's gender. He just said my brothers and sisters and used everybody in there, right? And so he says this, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen or hear, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. You see, automatically, if I told you, especially as a parent having kids of my own, if I tell them, listen, just listen, hear me, instantly they will go to anger. Right? Where's Lana at? What do you think, Lana? She's like the keep a real person right here. Right, Lana? If I tell her she's talking and talking, I'm like, listen, stop talking, listen, just hear me. Instantly, she'll look like this at first, right, all cute. And then all of a sudden I say that, and it's like, And then she'll do something like this, and then she's gone. Anger has got her going. And she's probably thinking about when this dude sleeps, I'm going to punch him so hard in his face, right? And I don't know if she's thinking about that. But instantly, because all I did was tell her, listen and hear what I got to say, she equated to anger just that fast. And you may ask, why is that, right? Or ask yourself that. Why do I do that? Because how many people do that, Right? You ain't trying to hear what everybody got to say. I got to say something. I have something to say. And you're going to hear what I got to say. I don't care if you want to listen. You're still going to hear this. I don't care if you're running away. Hey, hey, shut up. And you're like, you got to say the last word, right? Like, I'm tired of this stuff or something random, right? Because they're running away from you now. Because So now you can't get your point across. And you get so infuriated that let's say that he's on a bike or something, right? He will take off or she will take off on a bike and you'll still be yelling. Ugh, right? Just mad at them. Angry at them because you didn't care about what they had to say, but you had something to say, right? And then you're hoping that they look back just one time. And because anger already kicked in and you call yourself a Christian, right? Look back one time and I'm going to flick him off. I dare you to look back. And all of a sudden, he looks back and you're like, ugh, you know. And right there and then, anger got you. You have sinned. In your anger. And you guys are laughing because you guys just probably did that just last weekend or something. You're like, dude, I just did that in my car. I was driving. He cut me off. And I had something to say. He didn't want to look at me. And, I, and then my anger kicked in. I said, if he looks at me one time, I'm flicking him off, and I'll repent later on. And sure enough, that dude looked. He was probably an Uber driver in a rush, and you were just trying to go to get some ice cream. He looked, and you gave him the bird. And they're like, why did I do that? And you start looking back. It was because of anger. Anger kicked in. Because you couldn't give out what you wanted to say. You couldn't be quick to listen. And so we t- when we look at these things as a whole from like if you take a step back and look at these scriptures and you start seeing or reading things like be quick to listen, right there, right in the beginning, you're like, no. As a Christian, matter of fact, right, especially as a new Christian, the moment you get to this part of the Bible and you get to this scripture, you begin to read extra fast. Because you're like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pretend I just didn't read that because I do this every single day, right? So you're reading the scripture like, my dear brothers and sisters, 
He's talking about me. I'm a brother. This got to be good. And you're like, take note of this. Oh, I got to pay attention. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. This is not from God. This is from the devil. And we start, we start thinking these scriptures are not from God anymore. Like, is this still a Bible? You're looking at the front of the Bible, it says Holy Bible. But because you know that you're not quick to listen, you're like, this can't be from God. This cannot be from God. So let me hurry up and read, this, read through this until it gets to the good stuff like, bless me, God. Like, help me or tell me something I have been doing. Like, I've been keeping faith. I have faith. Can you tell me about that? And it's like, no, God is like, no, listen, I need to do, I need to talk to you about this. You need to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And listen to how he starts this off here. My brothers and sisters, take note of this. He's trying to get us to see something that happened already as a result of. When you go to different versions of the Bible, this beginning part, as in the NASB, the, the New American Standard Bible version, and they got other versions, where that word in the beginning will say, wherefore. You guys know what I'm talking about? Wherefore? It's one word. It's not even a compound word. It's just wherefore. My daughter's like, well, I don't even know what you're talking about. Wherefore, that's like not English or something. Yes, wherefore, not therefore, wherefore, right? What wherefore means is, be, is basically what it's saying. The definition is like as a result of, right? So it's as a result of what was above, take note of what's coming next. Do you guys get this? As a result of, I lost some of you guys over here, right? Some of y'all like honor students over here, like, I, they didn't teach me that. Like, I don't know what he's talking about, pastor. Yeah, right. Listen, wherefore means as a result of what was before that, right? Right? It's not therefore. It's wherefore. Wherefore, as a result of this, right, take note of these next things. Do these next things. And so listen to this. James is commanding us through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to take action in the following verbs. What is the verb? I know it's summertime, but man, did we just finish school? Thank you, English teacher, right? An action word. Having in mind what he was previously talking about in the above verses. Contrasting, which means the difference between two things, right? The acts of the flesh and God. He's saying, wherefore, since you already know what's going on and the, 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 the end result between who gives evil and sin and death and who gives life and good things and good gifts, that one comes from the flesh, one comes from God. And now that you know that all things come from God, right, and that we are the first fruits. How many remember that in the sermon? That we are the first fruits of all that he created, right? If you look at verses, um, what is that, verse 18, it talks about that, that he made us born alive or born again, gave us life, and then after that so that we can become uh, the, the first fruits of all that he created, meaning to be like God, to represent his character, his nature into the world. So he says, since you know that God is a good God, God is a righteous God, God is character, and his holiness is flawless. There is no sin. He doesn't involve himself in evil. He's actually an awesome God, so you should be like him. Therefore, or wherefore, since you know that, he says, take note of this. It says, since we know that we are to be the first fruits of God's creation that represent his character and nature, we ought to do the following, quick to listen or hear. So now he's setting some up here that we ought to operate in God and that when we are quick to listen or hear, we're actually operating in the righteousness and the character and the nature of God himself. That's what we are doing and that's what he is calling us to do. See, the battle comes it was when the flesh steps in and it says, I don't want to be quick to listen. I don't want to do these things. I have something to say. It's not about you, it's about me. And see, the moment you have an attitude and you're in a conversation, whether it be with your mom, whether it be with your friend, whether it be with your classmate, you have to then ask yourself in your mind, is this justifiable? Am I just being selfish or am I really, you know, about this other person's feelings? Am I loving this other person? See, Jesus Christ came in the flesh to die for mankind in the world. It wasn't a die for himself, it was to die for everybody else. So if we are supposed to be like Jesus Christ at all times and in all things. Even when we come across situations with other people in relationships or friendships, we have to think about the other's interests more than our own. And so James is saying we must be quick to listen or hear. 
And so this is what Romans 10, 17 says. I want you, I want to get you guys on track here. If you can put that up. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. How do we get faith? Where does faith come from? Where does it come from? Hearing, what? Say it. Hearing. It comes from hearing the message. We have to hear. The problem is that we have a flesh that's trying to war up inside of us that doesn't care about listening. We care about speaking. We don't care about hearing the other person. We care about being heard rather than being than, than listening to. And so listen, I got these little fun facts right here from fastcompany.com, and it says this. This is going to blow your mind. 60% of the conversations we have are talking about ourselves. 60% of the conversations that we have, you know, us, me, somebody pointed to yourself, is talking about me. When I'm talking to you, 60% of the times, I'm talking about myself. Like, what? Right? Listen to this. 80% when chatting on social media, 80% of the time when you're chatting on social media, you're talking about yourself. Think about that. We have an eye factor here. We have a big problem with eye. Because I doesn't want to hear or be quick to listen. I just wants to talk about what I want to talk about, when I want to talk about it, and it's all about me. It is all about me. And so the thing is, we ask ourselves, why do we do these kind of things? And the reason why we do it is because it feels good. It feels good to talk about I, to talk about me. But what happens is that the war that comes up inside of us that ultimately equates to eat, to anger itself starts off with our, our disregard to be quick to listen. And it's not just to listen to anything, but it's to listen to God himself so that we can be able to be built up in our faith and do what God is obviously trying to tell us to do. But what happens is that because we're so worried about I and wanting to put I first, no, I have a point to make. No, I don't want to hear what you got to say, mom. No, I'm tired of this stuff. No, no, it's me, it's me, it's me, it's me. And they're saying, listen, hear. And we cannot hear God's voice when we're too busy talking with our voice. You ever heard that song, you talk too much, but you never shut up? You guys know what I'm talking about? Is that too old for you guys? Where's the Rodriguez is at? What do you know about this, right? Not you either? Does anybody over here know what I'm talking about? You talk too much, but you never shut up. Babe, you know what I'm talking about? My wife knows what I'm talking about, man, right? Listen, there was a song that came out back in the days, right? Way, way back in the days. Like, long time back in the days, right? And it said it was a song that went like that. You talk too much, but you never shut up. Some of y'all are like, dude, I'm about to rap on that sucker right now. Get me started, right? Listen, it was a legit song. And it meant it, right now it speaks volumes because of the reality is. God is trying to tell us the reason why you cannot represent me as the first fruits of, of my children, the ones who I made born again, is because you're too busy talking and not doing enough listening. You're too busy running your mouth thinking that you know everything, drawing off pride and selfishness and things like that, that you cannot hear what I'm trying to tell you. And so you wonder why there's no peace at your home with your parents because you talk too much and you never shut up. You talk too much, and you never shut up. By the time we go home today, y'all going to be in the van singing that sucker like, boom. Lotta's going to come out with a rap like, you don't even know what I'm talking about. It's going to go from there. You talk too much, but you never shut up. We have to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. And so the, what God is trying to say, I'm trying to speak to you, but you're talking too much. We need to practice humility and allow ourselves to listen to what God is trying to tell us when we are in the midst of a situation to deny ourselves and to think about the interests of, other and of others in order to be the first fruits of God in this world. Relationships with your parents, with your siblings, with your fellow students, with your teacher. Listen to what God is trying to say. There was one that asked God, I said, Lord... Why did you lock me up, man? Like, why couldn't you just save me out here and spare me all this heartache of being locked up for X amount of years, right? Why couldn't you do that? And he said, the reason why, I was talking to you, but you never listened. I was trying to get your attention, but you never listened. And so I had to put you in this prison, inside this nine-by-whatever cell, 
that now you're all by yourself, you're not talking anymore, and now I can, I can speak to you because you're actually listening now. And see, inside this room, God is trying to get our attention because we have anger as a thing that filters everything in our life. And the moment that something triggers our anger, the moment that somebody goes against us, the default that we go to is anger. The way we defend ourselves is anger. The way we get offended always leads to anger. And so during that time, God is trying to spare us of something that's about to happen, going to happen, or is already happening, and you're wondering, how can this get fixed? And God is saying, be quick to listen. Slow to speak. You see, the next one is slow to speak. Proverbs, this is the reason why we got to be slow to speak. Proverbs 18.21 says this, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. See, because we're not quick to listen, we're not quick to hear what God is trying to tell us, and so we will begin to talk so much that we're actually talking death to ourselves, and not only to ourselves, but everybody around us. Because death and life are in the power of the tongues, the, the tongue, the power of words. Jesus said that we will be judged by every word that comes out of our mouth. Did you guys know that? Every word that comes out of our mouth, the Bible says we will be judged for those words. We will be judged. And so even just knowing that scripture alone, we ought to be quick to be slow to speak, but yet we continue to speak. And so instead of building other people up, we tear other people down. Instead of speaking life to other people because we're anger, we're selfish, and we got something to say, and we're in pride because ultimately anger ultimately leads to pride, and pride comes before the fall, and actually, you know we start sinning. It's because we're always, we don't want to listen, and we're quick to say whatever we want to say. You see, I'm telling you guys, when we fall off into anger, that anger begins to get us to stop listening and always wanting to talk. I got something to say. And then when I talk, this person starts talking. I go above this person. He tries to go above me. I go above him. And uh, and next thing you know, something I was just talking about, a lock-in, we had a good time, and all of a sudden I want to fight Jamal. And you guys are like, what is wrong with Pastor Stephen Shamal? All of a sudden, you're looking like, what's Bow! Shamal punches Pastor. Like, what happened here? Pastor's pulling his hair and I'm like, what is really going on? Dude, it's a fight. All of a sudden, I'm on live, Snapchat. I got my pastor calling me. It, it goes crazy. All because of anger. All because I would not think about the interest of my brother. When my brother was saying, bro, all I was trying to say was that the s'mores were real good. And I'm like, dude, I'm thinking you're trying to say that the s'mores, the s'mores are spoiled and we did it on purpose. Like, ugh. And we're going at it all because I would not listen. And many of us here would not listen. And so, therefore, we're always talking and spitting. And we start breaking other people down because we're in pride because it's not about us. We don't care about honoring other people. All we care about is getting our word across. And so the next one, and it always leads to this, slow to anger. You see, by the time you get to this anger part in these sections, right, you have already lost it. See, this anger right here, when you draw this anger, it's not a righteous anger. It's anger, man's anger. It's our anger. And this whole thing, it's all founded upon anger. We stop caring to listen to other people, even God himself, because we're angry. No, God, I hear what you're saying. See, some of us hear God saying, because before we get crazy, God is saying, listen, calm down. Humble yourself under my mighty hand, and I will exalt you in due time. We hear God's scriptures. We hear God speaking to us, and we say, no, God, no. I'm tired of this. I have a right. I'm offended. I'm offended at this person. He said, call me out my name. I'm tired of this stuff. And we start fighting with people. We're fighting with God because we think that we have a right. I have a right to be mad. I have a right to disrespect my husband now. I have a right to disrespect my wife now. I have a right to disrespect my children I have a right to do I have a right to, to, to mistreat my brothers and sisters in Christ. I have a right to talk back to my mom because she disrespected me. And right after that, we don't care about what God is saying. God is trying to speak and say, calm down. Listen, be slow to anger. Son, daughter, take it easy. Listen to what I have to say. Humble yourself. And you're like, no, no. They crossed the line. I'm tired of this. No. And what happens That anger begins to build. You guys know what I'm talking about with anger? It begins to build and build and build. It's like a baby lion 
like just growing and growing like minutes and seconds. And all of a sudden you have a ferocious line literally inside of you when you think about it because you're yelling so loud. It's like you think you're that lion. Like you're the king of the jungle or the king of your house or the king of your classroom or the king of your friend. And you start yelling on the top of your lungs. And now you don't care what happens. I want a divorce. I hate you. You stupid son of a biscuits and all this other stuff we want to call our friends. And then in the end, right, you can't take those words back. In the end, because we allowed anger and we weren't slow to anger, we said some stuff that we really didn't mean. But it came out so hurtful and so hateful that the damage was already done. And see, we have people inside of here, in this place right now, that have wounded other people because of anger. You have wounded even yourself when you're angry. Because I know for me, I used to get angry, and my favorite word, the moment I said these words out of my mouth, it was a trigger to lose it and black out. And it was, it was a curse word, but I'm not going to say the curse word, right? But it was like, freak this, all right? Or like, F it. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? The moment me, as a, even game banging, even beginning when I was a Christian, I still had to deal with anger. The moment I said, F it, freak it, that's the F it. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? The moment I went there, and you guys got your, I'm just being, I'm keeping it totally real. You guys know I keep it real all the time, right? You guys need to start keeping it real, matter of fact. But the moment, this is my trigger words, right? The moment I said, F it, that was it. It didn't make the difference who you were, what you were, police officer, my own mother, my own brother, my own sister. It didn't make a difference. The moment I said, F it, that was it. I was ready to kill you, literally. Literally. I was locked up 13 times, and all 13 times was because I got angry. I was angry, and I did some real stupid stuff when I was angry. And it all kicked off because I had a trigger word. See, some of you guys have a trigger word and don't realize what that trigger word is. But the moment you get to that point where it's like, man, and God's telling you, slow to anger. Just calm down. Slow to anger. But the moment you allow your anger to take over and you get to that, to that, that place where you see them ultimate words, you know right there and then you black out. You don't care if it's mama, daddy, whatever. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, oh, oh you're taking fists to the face and stuff. Mama's not whooping you because you called her out her name and you lost it. And now you're getting beat up, and then you blame mama for it. You blame your brother for it. It was Roger, stupid old Roger, right, or whatever it is. We have to be slow to anger. This is what the Word of God says in Ephesians 4, 26. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Guess who becomes, or guess who gets behind your anger once it's there? You can say it out, what? The devil. You see, in the beginning, you're probably blaming the devil. Like, the devil's working through you, and now I'm going to beat him out of you. And, like, you justify yourself. Like, this is why I'm whooping you. Ugh, ugh, devil, come out. And it's like, no, he, it's not the devil, dude. It's your anger. But believe you me, once you get to that point, the one who is behind it, who just gets on, he starts riding like you're, like, like you're a horse. He's just riding you like, get him, get him. More anger, more anger. Run faster, talk louder, talk faster. I'm telling you, the devil gets behind it, and all of a sudden, he starts enticing you and tempting you and putting all type of thoughts in your face or inside your head. He thinks I'm a punk. This dude's trying to test me. Oh, she thinks I'm one of those. She didn't even realize that I'm a little trap queen like some. I'm not even going to say the name of the trap queens in here, okay? But we got some trap queens in here, right? They think they're trap queens, right? But it's like, oh, they tested me. They tested my pride. They tested my character. They think I'm some kind of punk. I mean, you know what I'm talking about? She thinks I'm going to smack her. She don't even realize I'll smack her right now. That stupid beep, beep, beep. And you got all these little beeping things going on, right? All because of anger. All because of anger. And so the devil begins to use your anger against you and against everybody else that ultimately you end up alone. And the thing is, look at what the scripture says. In your anger, does it say you cannot be angry? No. It says in your anger, do not sin. We are going to get angry, but it doesn't mean we allow the anger to take control of us that we begin to sin. No. See, there's a righteous anger that, uh, that, that God exhibits himself. 
Jesus, in Mark chapter 3, Jesus talked about he was angry. He said on a Sabbath day that the Pharisees were watching him, and they were going to see if he was going to heal somebody, heal somebody. Like literally heal somebody on the Sabbath day. Sabbath day was like, let's say Sunday, right? He was going to heal somebody on Saturday, and he couldn't do it because it was a Sabbath day law. You can't do nothing, apparently not even good, on a Sabbath day according to man, right? So he looks around, and he's like, he was angry. He's looking at these people. He's like, should we do evil or good on the Sabbath day? They didn't want to answer because they were testing God. And he said he looked around angry. And he said the person, he said, be healed, and the man was healed. After that, the Pharisees plotted to kill Jesus right after that. The reason why that's considered righteous anger, anything that's considered righteous anger, because some of y'all are like, dude, I was righteous in my anger. They called me a bee, so I punched him. That's not righteous anger, okay? Righteous anger had to do with being angry at injustice. Being angry at injustice. Being angry that somebody is going against God's law in that sense. Or somebody is, is just like, dude, what do you mean I can't do good? And you know what I mean? Like somebody's not getting treated fairly. You get angry over that. Like, what do you mean? Why are you being racist? Or you know what I mean? Like, why are you trying to uh, sue my gender? Whatever crazy y'all stuff y'all be saying these days. <laughs> That's some crazy stuff. But listen, right? I rebuke that, right? It's, it's boys and it's girls. That's all it is. All right, that's not a whole other preaching thing. Maybe I'll do that next time. But listen, verse 29 says, there are, so we have a reason. There's, just, there's times where we get angry, but we do not sin. Then it says, do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Listen, many of us get so mad at our parents, we run to our room, we slam the door, we go in our bed, and what do we do? What, are some of, what do you guys do, some over here? All right, you can go first. Huh? She's crying. <laughs> no. Right? What else? Anybody else? What do you do, Diana? You talk to his dog. Does your dog talk back? I was going to say, bro, what do you do, Diana? You just be quiet. Like you just let it all fester inside of you. Right? What else? Come on, Shamal, what do you do? You hit stuff. Stay, away, stay out of his house when he's angry, right? He's hitting everything. Corey, what do you do, Corey? You do what? Eat? Eat or sleep. So when you run to the room, you're actually taking food with you. Like, I'm tired of this stuff. Give me the cereal right now. And you run to the room. I'm going to try that out, bro. And see, somebody had their hand over there. Isis, what do you do when you get mad? You cry, right? When you cry, does it make it the anger even worse? Like, now they got me crying. Ooh, right? And you're crying bad. Do you end up hitting stuff too? You end up hitting stuff too? No? Do you ever beat up Ivan right here? Sometimes. See, sometimes that happens. Like, like, boyfriend's right there like, dude, I, what happened? He's like, oh, wait a minute. Like, I'm here trying to console you. Your mama did that to you, not me. And like, she's whooping Ivan now. You know what I mean? No. What else? Angel, what do you do? Stay away from Angel. When she gets mad, she's hitting everything, right? Listen, though, we run to our room. We get angry. Some of us cry. Some of us hit stuff. All that really does is make us more angry, right? Eventually, what do we end up doing? You end up what? You're so mad. You get tired of being mad, right, in your body, and you end up just knocking out somewhere, right? I go to a room, Lana's sleeping on the floor, half her body's off the bed, other half is on the bed. I'm like, what happened here? You know what I mean? She's knocked out like that, just, half, just crazy stuff, right? But you end up going to bed, and you know what happens when you wake up in the morning? You're enraged still. You're still mad. The enemy still has a foothold. And you know what he tries to do now? If I can take one day from him, can I take the next day? If I can get him mad for a night, let him go to sleep, wake up the next day, can I take that day from them too? Can I keep him mad at everybody else that day too? Can I keep him on a silent treatment, let them not talk to their parents, let them run back into the room and keep them all segregated from everybody else? They're so mad that I can continue to breathe inside of them death through their own tongue? I'm tired of this. I just want to kill myself. I'm better off with me not being here. And we start speaking death unto our very selves. The enemy begins to use our imagination, and we start thinking about some real hurtful things. I don't know about you guys, but when I get mad, I start thinking about how I'm going to whoop you. Like, I'm going to punch him with a left, and then I'm going to get that right hook right there to his cheek. After that, I'm going to grab his head, hit it to my knee, and then he's going to fall down. Then I'm getting on top of him. Then I'm punching him ferociously. After that, by then, hopefully, I'm back in my sense mind. I'm going to get up, and then I'm going to apologize to him. Give him some ice and let him go home. Believe it or not, that literally happened. 
Literally. I said I didn't get on top of the person, but that, all the other stuff happened. I'll be honest with you guys. That was the last time I got into a fight. And you know where I ended up at? I ended up in jail because of anger. And while I was in jail, right, I'm sitting, I'm sitting, first I'm in this processing center. I'm sitting on this thing, right? And I'm looking out. It was Christmas Day. Or I know I was sitting on Christmas Day. Y'all like, y'all bogus. That's like extra sitting, right? I'm sitting on this bench. Look at what the devil does to me. All right, I'm supposed to be a Christian. I just beat this guy up to a puff. He went to the hospital. I was the one who called the police. Whatever, right? They locked me up. I'm, I was mad. I was angry. Listen, this anger caused me to black out. Literally, I blacked out. By the time I woke up, my wife, like, like hit, not hit me, but she, like, pushed me, like, babe. I got up, and then after that, it was, like, it was blood everywhere. It was, like, horrible, right? So I'm sitting, I'm like, oh, my goodness, what happened? Hey, I'm, you know, I'm sorry, man. Take this ice. <laughs> He's looking at me like, you're, you're obviously crazy. <laughs> like, you're stupid, right? Let me go. I'm like, no, you know, whatever. So cops come. I'm like, dude, it's my house. Yes, you know, I called the cops on this individual. Can you please take him, whatever? No, we can't take him. We have, to actually, we have to actually lock you up. I'm like, but what do you mean? So I'm like, what do you mean? I'm calm now, right? But he's a Hispanic cop, and all of a sudden, I speak like fluent Spanish. So I'm talking to this dude in Spanish all of a sudden, trying to get some favor with man. He's like, no, dude, listen, Papa, I can't because, you know, mira la cara de, you know, whatever, right? So I'm like, dude, so you got to lock me up. Like, yeah. I'm like, dude, for real? And he's like, yeah. So he literally puts me in the car. I'm sitting in the car. I'm like, what is happening? I go to the police station. I'm in the thing. I'm sitting on this bench. The door's open. I'm not even handcuffed, bro. The door's open. The cops are there. And literally, the enemy starts speaking through the cops. I'm not even lying to you guys. They start sneering and boasting about what just happened. Like, dude, you should have seen the other guy's face and whatever, this, that, and the other. And what was happening was the devil was trying to get me to draw off pride and say, look what I can do. Look what I just did. I bet you he ain't going to say nothing no more now, right? Listen, I rebuked that devil right there and then. And I said, Satan, get behind me. Satan and I'm leaving, right? They take me to another holding cell. I go into this holding cell. And right there and then, reality hits. I am in this place 10 years to the date that I was locked up before for the serious crime that God saved my life in. 10 years to the date and time. I was back in that same cell. Well, I was next to the same cell that I was in when I got locked up for the serious crime. And then condemnation started to hit me. See, first the enemy will come at you with pride and say, you showed them something. Yes, you won that conversation. In your anger, you told them exactly what you wanted to say. That's what I'm talking about. He would even give you an applause. Shamal, you did a good job, dude. You Next time, you do that again. Matter of fact, he keeps talking. You smack that dude. And you're like, yeah, yeah. And like pride starts rising up, right? And you're like, man, I told her, so I won this argument with my wife. She better not, she better recognize next time who's big daddy. I'm tired of this stuff. I'm the man in this house, right? And in anger, right? And it's all pride. Literally, it's all pride, right? I'm big daddy, by the way, just for now, right? Just playing, I'm just messing. Listen, let me tell you guys what happened, right? I go in this cell, right? If y'all can stand up, matter of fact, right? We're gonna end this right here, right? This last story. Listen to this. I'm in this cell. It's true life. I don't, you know, I, I put my life on blast, right? Brother was locked up. I got saved when I was jailed. You guys know this stuff, right? You want the full story? Come to my house one day. I'll give you the full story. Listen to this. I'm angry. I sinned. I was not slow to, I was not quick to listen to God's voice and his word because then I would have built up faith to say, you know, humble myself. You're not worth it. I'm walking away. No, I didn't care about God. I was in pride. I wanted to prove a point. I wanted to win this argument, and I wanted to win this battle against this individual. And I was tired of it. How many people get tired of it? You get tired of people messing with you. And now you're mad, and I said, I'm tired of being messed with. It's over with. It's going down, and you do something stupid. And say, I did something stupid that day. And all of a sudden, now I'm in a cell. Ten years to the date that I was locked up before for three years. And now instead of the devil coming in pride and trying to boost me up because he's seen that it didn't work, he came with condemnation. And literally I can hear his voice even now saying, and you consider yourself a Christian. And you call yourself a Christian. Look what you did. Look at you. And see, before he was like, yeah, man, right on. Pride. But then when that didn't work, he came with the opposite, condemnation. They put me in this cell, they, they, they locked the door, 
bam, they slammed it. You hear that that sound? That just uh, just like, hopefully you guys never know what I'm talking about, okay? But you hear that sound, you know I'm not coming out. I'm in the cage, and it's over, right? I sit I sit on this 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 bench, one bench right here, and I sit just like this. I look up, man, and all around me is graffiti, gang symbols, demonic things. You all know this all come from the, from the devil himself, right? Gang stuff, man, such and such, rots in hell, and you know, fr you know, freak this, and cursing over here, and your mama this, and you know, all these other gangs, all these other gang stuff, and I'm surrounded by the enemy surrounded by him. My anger is gone. I'm, now I'm in condemnation. I'm feeling guilty. And I look up and I'm seeing all this stuff and I realize that, man, 10 years to the day, all these things are bombarding my mind. And I said, Jesus, what did I do? What happened? How did I get in this position, God? And he began to speak to me and I said, God, just, just show me, Lord. God, don't leave me. Forgive me, God. Help me, God. Let me know that you're here with me, God, that you didn't just walk away from me because of my sin and my anger, just like some of us think after we react off anger. And you know what happened? God, in his awesome wisdom, I went on ahead and I, I took a seat like this and I put my feet up just like this and I went to lay down like this. And you know what it said right here? He said, God is here. Right on the bench, I looked down. I just prayed, God, are you with me? God, don't leave me. I laid down in this cell that was filled with all type of graffiti and nonsense. And I laid down, and all I seen was, God is here. And right there and then, man, tears came down my face. I knew God had spoken to me, and I was able to go to sleep. In an instant, the guy came, opened up the cell, and he said, you're free to go home. And I was out that place. God delivered me. And see, the question is right now for you guys, right? This is not even in the notes. I can close this thing up and let God speak. Listen. You're wondering, God, can you cure me from this anger that's ruling my life? God, every time somebody comes against me, every time I'm in a situation, the first thing I do is I get angry, God. I get angry at you. I get angry at my parents. I get angry at my brother, and I start going crazy, God. It takes over my life, and God is saying, I am here. I can deliver you. I can set you free from the grips of man's anger and unrighteousness. I can change you right now, today, if you just let me in. You see, because the last part of this verse, it says that man's anger does not produce the righteousness of God. And so the anger he's talking about is not an anger that comes from God. It's an anger that is produced in the sinfulness of man or woman. And God is saying, give that to me. Give me your anger. Stop letting it rule your life. Stop letting it let everything be filtered through anger. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of her. I'm tired of my parents. I'm tired of all this stuff. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm so angry. And God is saying, I am here. But everybody just bow your heads, close your eyes. If you're dealing with this kind of anger and you know exactly what I'm talking about, it prevents you from listening to the voice of God. It prevents you from listening and understanding your mother, your parents, the person on the other side is trying to talk to you. It prevents you from dealing with issues or even asking for forgiveness from the hurt that you already did to that person, whether it be your wife, whether it be your children, whether it be your husband. That kind of anger, it stops you from being slow to speak that all you want to do is talk. I got something to say. Forget you and your dog and your cat and whatever. You start cursing on everybody and every animal. And God is saying right now, if you're dealing with anger, you come up here and you get set free. He said, come to me, all you who are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And that is what we need. We need rest from our anger. Some of us is holding grudges against God as though God's the one who did this to you. God is saying, no, I'm here to save you. I'm here to deliver you. If that is you and you deal with anger, I want to see you in the front right here. I'm going to tell you what happened after I got out this cell. As we're waiting for people coming up, we got one coming up right now. We got people coming up. Listen, after I got out of this cell, I had to walk home. There was an ice storm that, that uh, Christmas day. 
I'm walking in this ice storm, and God begins to show me that you had anger inside of you that was building up from all type of experiences that you were going through toward this individual. And that every time you were angry and this individual did something else to you, you just added it to the reserve that you had in your heart. And anger began to grow and grow and grow. And it got to the point that when this person did one last thing, you lost it. And I said, God, take this anger from me. Take all this anger from me. Listen, that was the last time I had a fight ever since then. That was the last time I even close to having a fight and that kind of matter ever. And I say that kind of matter because there was another situation. I didn't fight, thank God, right? But listen, two weeks after that, one of my favorites, about a month after that, how many of you know you're going to get tested with this? Just like you probably got tested with depression when it got delivered, mutilation, suicidal thoughts, the devil tried to come back, he tries to come back in. Listen, a month after that, I come out of church, I'm in a suit. My wife goes into the Aldi's right here on Central in Wellington. I'm sitting there just minding my own business, just thinking about the goodness of God, literally. Just chilling. All of a sudden, this car comes up, pulls up on the side of me. I'm right here. He's about where, like, Seattle's at right here, right in the car. Well, a little bit further, like about right here. He's in his car. This man starts calling me just random, autumn, you know, you be, you be, you this. He was accusing me of some stuff. I don't even know what he was talking about. You be this, that, he's snapping, cursing, trying to fight with me, right? Kid you not. I'm in the driver's seat. My heart starts beating fast. And you know what I do? I start thinking about what I'm going to do to him. Literally, that's what anger takes me. I started getting angry. I started thinking about what I'm going to do to him. He had a little baby in the back seat. He had to be about three or four years old. The kid's in the back seat like, yeah, what's up? What are you going to do? That's how I took it, like, do something, right? My daddy got you. Literally, I started thinking about I'm going to punch his dad and then I'm going to smack this little kid. That's how jacked up anger came. That was the enemy. I was messed up, right, with the anger, right? But he delivered me. Check this out. I sat there, and instead I said, no. I recognized what the enemy was doing through anger. I rebuked and I said, God, help me right now to practice and stay free from anger. You know what happens right after that? The man that was cursing me out flips the script and he looks at me, points at me, and he says, God saved you from a butt whooping. And he drove off. Now listen to this. Right? In pride, I could have like, dude, butt whooping, get out of the car. That's, that's it. And start fighting with this dude, right? But listen. I took that as God speaking through this brother literally and telling me, God has delivered you from anger. God has set you free right now. This was your test and you passed your test. And I have set you free from anger. I never fought again after that. And I don't plan to fight anybody else unless you hit me in the face like twice and then it's going down. But that's another thing, right? Listen, some of us inside this room Girl, boy, whoever you are, you have stored up anger inside of you right now. Somebody hurt you real bad, and you got anger stored up in there. It's like a fist just grabbing your heart just like this. And it's just waiting for that opportunity to come out and lose it. Right now, some of you guys got anger just growing, festering. Let somebody say something else to me is going down. I don't care who it is. And right now, God is trying to save you for making the worst decision of your life. You don't know. When you blow up in anger, you allow anger to take control of you, you could end up just like those people that are locked up right now. You could end up just like me in prison, but not be able to come out. You could end up losing it, grabbing a knife out of just, just sheer instinct and stabbing somebody and killing somebody and doing something you thought you would never have done, but because you had harbored anger in your heart. And it wasn't righteous anger. It was anger that came from the flesh. If that is you, you need to be up here before it's too late. Do not let anger control you any longer. Listen, from here on out, be slow to speak. When you feel yourself getting angry, be slow to speak. Hear God, Lord, speak to me right now. God, this guy's getting me angry. Lord, help me, God. Help me, Lord. I don't want to snap out, God. I'm your first fruit, God. I'm your child, God. Don't let anger have, have its way in my life, God. I'm angry, but don't let me to sin, God. Help me, God. You be quick to listen to God. Be slow to speak, because the moment you start speaking, you know what happens? Anger starts festering. Where there's a lot of words, the proverb says, sin is not too far. Listen, the moment you allow anger to get you to talk, uh, 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 you start getting angry and angry, and it will lead to physical violence. 
If that is you, you need to let Jesus set you free. If I can get some leaders up here, I know I have some leaders up here. If I can get some leaders to pray for these people right here. And lastly, be slow to anger. Be slow to anger. Don't let people take you there in anger. Don't let them take you to that place that you black out. Take you to that place that you start sinning. Listen, you give it to God. And you allow God's righteousness to produce what the life he desires to have inside of you. That is the purpose of that last scripture. He wants us to produce the righteous life he has given us. And it doesn't come from man's anger. It comes from God's humility that he placed inside of us. Humble yourselves under God's hand and let him set you free from anger. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, have your way tonight, God. Deal with the hearts here, God. Remove anger, Lord God. The rage that the enemy has put inside of us, Lord God, whether it be from heartbreaks, whether it be from scars, whether it be from our dad leaving us in front of that porch, Lord God, just leaving us for days on end, telling us promises that he never kept. And now we're mad at our father. We're mad at